0: Hey, everybody, you're probably used to hearing our theme tune right now and are perhaps a bit surprised why we're starting a little abruptly. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. First, a little bit of behind the scenes. We record these episodes anywhere between a week and two weeks before they're ever released, which means sometimes we release an episode and events are happening in the world that at the time of recording they weren't happening. And probably you, uh, your heart has been stirred by what's been happening in Afghanistan and if you're like us, you're thinking, "Yes, I'm absolutely praying uh, for Afghanistan. I'm praying for God's will to be done. I'm praying for peace. I'm praying for uh, the refugees. I'm praying for wisdom for our, our leaders." But if your heart has been stirred, like I would like to do something more, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to give. I don't even know where to give. I don't know who's got boots on the ground. It just so happened that last week, after we released our episode, we uh, got in touch with one of our friends, uh, a former staff member at Grace Center. Chris and Jerry Nuss, they are Americans who live in Germany. And it just so happens that last week, a lot of the refugees who were being rescued from Afghanistan by the United States, the planes were landing um, in Germany. And uh, almost immediately, Chris and Jerry mobilized. And uh, you know we, we follow Chris on Instagram when we saw what was happening. Her daughters, uh, Chris and Jerry's daughters, live here in Nashville. They both go to Grace Center. They started mobilizing giving. People would give to them. They would forward it to their parents so that they could be equipped and resourced. And so I reached out to Chris this week saying, Chris, how can we help? How can Alan and AJ help? We would love to get you in front of our audience. And so what you're going to hear now is a a brief interview. We stopped and we we chatted very early this morning for us, uh, uh, mid-afternoon for her. And uh, what you're gonna hear is Chris talking a little bit about what her and Jerry are doing, being right there in the midst of things and how you can help too. Chris Nuss, so good to see you. What a bizarre season uh, and time that we're living in. What a joy that we've got uh, Zoom so that we can even have this conversation. Can you tell our listeners who you are, how we know you and what you're doing?
1: I'm Chris and married to an amazing man, Jerry. And we are a part of actually the Grace Center family. We've been apart for probably the last 10 years. And so we have been in Germany twice now. This is our second tour. Our first tour was done in 2012. And then we returned back to here in Germany in 2019. And we've been here ever since.
0: You are in a unique situation. So you and Jerry, you are Americans, but you live in Germany. You live on the U.S. base there. For people who aren't familiar with the size, the scope, the significance of the U.S. base, can you just help us understand the significance of uh, of where you are in Germany?
1: We live um, near the base, actually, we're only five minutes from the base because we actually are not in the military. Um, Jerry works for the military. So he works at, um, Larmsey, which is Longstool Regional Medical Center. The scope of it, there's about 60,000 Americans that live in this area. Um, and that is, um, service members, Department of Defense, contractors. So, Ramstein Joint Air Force Base, which means it's Air Force and Army, is the largest European base here.
0: And so, with everything happening in Afghanistan, which I'm sure our listeners are fully aware of because it's international news, you know, last week or this week, I've been watching your Instagram feed blow up. Talk to us a little bit about what you are doing, what you are seeing, what you're in the thick of. And when I say you, I mean Ramstein. Ramstein? Ramstein? What, what you're seeing on your doorsteps.
1: It started last Friday night when I got a phone call from, and I have to be very careful not to mention names because of offset, which we called operation security. So people know, I'm not trying to be vague. We just It's just protecting our service members here. I got a phone call from one of our really good friends who was on the tarmac doing assessment when the refugees were getting off the plane. And it was pretty frantic and this person asked me, This was about 11 o'clock at night. I need help. I need food. I need um, comfort toys. These children are getting off. They're screaming. They're terrified. They're in full-on traumatic meltdown. Some of them don't have shoes. It's cold. Can you help? Can you help? And so Jerry and I called a few of our friends that um, live near us that don't live on base and said, hey, this is the emergency right now. Can we come over? Can you empty out your pantry? So we did that. We got on the base and my friend met us there. And um, this person said, these kids are getting off and they're rumbling through our pockets and the soldiers' pockets looking for food, looking for anything to drink. So that's when it started. The following day, Jerry and I, we kind of looked at each other and we said, this is the beginning and this is not going to go away anytime soon. What can we do? And so Jerry and I just said listen let's go let's go on base to the commissary let's buy supplies as much as we can blankets you know clothing food whatever and let's just drop off find out where we drop it off at so I found we found out where we dropped it off at we came back and it was pretty amazing what we saw the first time and that was you see refugees you know um, in line um, huddled trying to stay warm it was it was. It was pretty uh, a heartbreaking sight. We had spoken to our girls, Corey and Sarah, after that. And they just said, hey, you know, I bet you there's people that would like to help. Because at the time, Jerry and I were just using our own money. And I said, well, I guess. And they're like, yeah, mom, let's see what we can do. between (laughs) Corey and Sarah and then myself, just putting it on Instagram, reaching out and people reaching us, we have raised close to $10,000 in less than a week.
0: And I'm watching your Instagram post of you literally going to, I'd imagine, your version of Walmart and buying food, stuffed animals, blankets, supplies, and, and then watching. You were saying that there's plane loads of people coming in, you know, at, and hundreds of people getting off the plane with nothing because they've fled their homeland, lost their house. Some of the kids don't have shoes, blankets.
1: They're barely, they're getting off the plane. Some have like what we would call like a pillowcase, maybe of their items. I had a soldier come up to me yesterday and says, ma'am, do you have a, a suitcase? And I'm like, I don't. I can go get some though, you know. And he goes, I have this gentleman in there that he just came and it's just ratted. It's falling. His suitcase is just falling apart. Every, everything that comes in, it, it, it's amazing. Every morning I wake up and I get messages from Corey and Sarah. This is what we got today. And I'm just absolutely blown away by the money that comes in. And then I get up, take a shower, have a cup of coffee, get in my car, car and I'm spending that money. And so I'm hitting every grocery store that I can. Today, I kind of did get in trouble with the gentleman in the produce department at Kauflands, the German store, because he goes, are you the one that took all my bananas yesterday? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, because you can only have two boxes today. And I said, He goes, but you can order. And I went, oh, thank you. And so I was able to order 10 boxes, but everything that I delivered like for today will be gone within the plane that arrives today. They couldn't even tell me how many planes are arriving, but I, she did say, what is coming in today? There's not enough food that can be donated that we can feed them all. That tells me there's a lot coming in today because I think they're trying to get them out so quickly. But it's going and, it, and, it, and it's purchasing food. It's purchasing clothing. And and the cool testimony about this whole thing, Alan, is when these checkers look at me and they look at my cart, they will say, is this for the refugees? And I said, well, yes, it is. And they just say, it is amazing what you are doing. You are so kind. You are this. You are that. And, and I just said, you know, this is just what you do. It's humanity. It's just kindness. And it's, and it's loving people well where they need it. And... For them to see that, I think it's a great testimony of what we're doing and and I have to just say some of these stores have said, we're gonna give you an additional 20% off your whole purchase. Wow. I had a lady today donate probably $100 worth of toys, a German economy, take them, they need them. And so it's been amazing the impact that it's had.
0: What, what's the greatest need that you have right now? I mean, obviously money, like m- money, but what's the greatest need of the refugees when they're getting off the plane? Like, what surprised you about what is needed that you might not have considered was a need?
1: Female undergarments, um, shoes of all sizes, clothing. Probably the biggest need is they're noticing that, you know, of course our hearts go out to children, right? but there's men arriving with not proper clothing. So it's men's clothes, it's, it's women's clothes. I went out yesterday and purchased hundreds and hundreds of dollars of fleece jackets and jackets and coats. So really it's clothing, warm clothing, blankets and food.
0: I saw, I saw a photo of, of Jerry with a shopping cart filled with apples and then I saw another shopping cart filled with stuffed animals. And I, I was like, that is gotta be the strangest, uh, you know, shopping list ever.
1: Yeah, and, and too, we're really trying to do a lot of comfort toys because they are experiencing, um, the workers are saying there's a lot of trauma happening, just um, cultural wise, so yeah.
0: So, Pete, you know, I was so moved by what you and your, your kids were doing on social media, seeing this. I was, and, and for all of us, I think we feel helpless going, look at the situation. Of course we can pray. We want to give. We don't know where to give or what's going to happen to the money. And watching you you guys be literally the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing water, bringing food, bringing comfort, bringing supplies, and the fact that we can get in on that, that we can resource you to go to the stores and go do that is phenomenal. Where can people who want to help or, or want to give practically like obviously I'm g- going to talk about how we can give to you but what are some of the avenues that you've seen are going to be really really helpful f- for people giving monetary gifts
1: the organi- organization um, that I know that does a lot is the charity and I'll say that again so you can put in the show notes or whatever one thing I do want to say is um, I want to encourage people whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars because we've had amount donated, I had $1,000 amount donated. And and in my eyes, there's no difference because that $5 impacts thousands and thousands and thousands, and and I'm talking thousands of lives here on the ground, just as a a $1,000 does. So the amount is not, you know, really...
0: So practically speaking, how do we give to you so that you can go shopping later today?
1: They can go to my PayPal or they can go to Sarah Nuss, My daughter, she has a Venmo and she's been um, collecting that way.
0: So, people can give electronically via PayPal or Venmo. We'll put links in the show notes to let people know how to do that. If people want to follow you on Instagram to actually see, you know, literally, you know, boots on the ground events as they're happening, what's your uh, Instagram? Where can people follow you?
1: It's just Chris Nuss on Instagram, and I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes too or a link. And one thing I do also want to say is, you know, we hear that um, we're pulling out August 31st, right? I mean, that's, that's the, the goal. It's gonna be longer here. Um, we've got pods that are being erected right now on base. And so um, even though we'll be pulled out on the 31st, the need is gonna be continual until further notice, really. We just don't know. So food and clothing is a huge need right now because it's, they're, they're running out.
0: Yeah, and also the difference in climates. You know, you're saying there's people arriving in sandals, and you're what in the 40s and 50s in in Germany? It's cold.
1: The first plane that landed the other night, we had one of the worst storms hit Germany, and um, a friend of mine who was doing triage texted me, and said, "Pray, pray, pray. We've had tents collapse. I got knocked in the head. Um, this person sent me video, and it was flooding, and these poor people were. I mean, they were clamoring, trying to get them safe. It's." It's been tough.
0: <laughs> tell, some, tell some stories that you're allowed to tell of just the beauty of God in the midst of tragic circumstances.
1: Probably one of my favorite stories is there. Uh, one of the planes landed and I guess they had maybe two or three women give birth on, on the plane. So I believe the flight is a four hour flight, flight coming up from Afghanistan. And a young gal came off, she was in full labor They got her on a gurney and OB nurses from C met the gurney and she like was giving birth at that moment.
0: You're talking about the gurney being a stretcher off of the airplane. So this is the tarmac of the airport.
1: She got off. They they said, halt, we've got a baby coming. Like we can't go any any further. And it was beautiful because all the Afghan women of that flight surrounded that gurney and made a circle and held up their hijabs for privacy. And they, some of the people said it was the most beautiful thing they ever saw, because in their culture, it's a very private thing, right? And so just to honor that culture, part of them, and just to see these women just say, okay, we're gonna do this, and this is what it's gonna look like, and-
0: And, and literally watching life go on in the most fundamental sense, in the midst of shock, trauma is, is just so powerful.
1: Right, right. So, so that's a, that was a pretty a pretty fun story. Um, stories of um, some of the volunteers um, just playing soccer with these kids, trying to get their focus on the moment and how to enjoy that moment of just hitting a soccer ball, and giving them toys. Another thing is is um, crayons is a, are a huge thing. Every picture that that they you know that they drop, they boy we're putting it on the wall and we're gonna we're gonna highlight it. Having them get off, um, a lot of it is getting off the plane and uh, meeting them and handing them, you know, a fresh blanket.
0: And it's important to understand when you say plane, we're not talking a commercial jet with, you know, two, three, two rows of seating. You're saying these are just massive cargo planes with no seats.
1: Yeah. If you think of like in the movies that you see where they have like the Humvees on there and they're just piled up and that, that is what they're coming in on. They're literally sitting on the
0: bare metal frame of the airplane yeah,
1: and they just are piling off and um so it's you know it's pretty it's pretty intense um it's just seeing our soldiers just stepping up and loving on these kids you know wow uh, doing what they're doing and you know and one thing i think is really amazing is you know anybody who's had a hand in this in supporting it whether financially or, or voluntarily You know, I just want to encourage people that this gets to be a part of their story. You know, this, they get to own this as their story. And I think it's a beautiful story of humanity when it comes down to it. And, and I love where, you know, and Matthew just talks about, you know, if you, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. There's something about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And, um,
0: and I think it's a great picture of the body, Chris. I can't go see a refugee. You can. I can put money in your hands so that you can get. It's just beautiful, every part, you know, doing its part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And every and every every item that I get, and then if Jerry's with me, we pray over it. We say, Lord, whoever touches this, God, you know, Would you, Holy Spirit, would you just ooze over it, you know? And then we also just pray, whoever touches it has dreams and visions of Jesus. Because we know in the Muslim culture, a lot of Muslims come to the Lord because they get a visitation in their dreams by Jesus. And so I'm just like, oh, Lord, you know, just ooze out of all this stuff. So it's, it's, I'm expectant. Of good things.
0: Well, Chris, thank you for giving us your time. So appreciate it. I know that literally it's not a statement to say that you guys are busy, but for you to pause in the middle of the day to catch us up on a tangible aspect of how we can help uh, is super powerful. Thank you for all you and Jerry are doing. I love your passion. It's beautiful seeing the Chris and Jerry that I know on display and you getting to put your gifts into action and uh, you know, we're praying for you. We, uh, we, you know, we bless you in what you're doing. Thank you for all that you're
1: doing. I, and I just gotta say this would not be able or it'd be possible if it wasn't just the generosity of just everyone abroad. And I mean, from strangers to people we know well and just thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. And. The people on the ground, we call them boots on the ground, appreciate it. Every time I drive up, I just, she's back! And so that's just encouraging, but it's not me. It's everyone who's donated has impacted thousands of lives.
0: Yeah, Thank you so much, Chris.
2: You are so welcome. Thanks for listening to Chris. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming.
0: Alan and
2: AJ's podcast for your Monday. Most wonderful show is...
1: Keeping
0: up with the Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Episode 249.
2: 249. Of
0: Keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. And we always like to start with our weekly catch-up. We sure do. What a week. What G- a week. Give us a catch-up on this week, why don't you?
2: Um, is there anything other outside of the trauma that we should say first? Or should we, like, if we can think of something Jump, nice to I've say got, I've got some after. fun stuff.
0: You do the trauma. Quick trauma notice, if the description of medical procedures or accidents are going to trigger you, just hit that chapter skip button, and we Uh, can move on.
2: And you want to miss the update. Yeah. Uh, So, basically, Sunday, the short version is Tia and Abby and some girls from church were running around, and... uh, Tia ended up getting her finger closed in the hinge of a metal
0: door. Was it the hinge side? That's what she said. Oh, I didn't no, know that no, that part. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> um so sc- screaming ensued and uh you know I you were already with Tia by the time Abby found me and she's like, "Come, Tia's hurt her finger." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, and Tia can have big reactions, so I was thinking, yeah, there's no problem." So like, you know, Oh, anyway, we—I come around the corner, and all, I, all the first thing that I can, all I can see is all the blood. That's all I can see, and then you're like, "Don't look, don't look." I'm like, "It's too late." I looked. I mean, it was. What was
0: what? You know, when you're in shock and you don't quite remember things properly. Yeah. I, so. Are you okay if I just fast forward to today? Or do you want to keep trying chronologically? So, so
2: yes. So, you like wrap some gauze around this heavily bleeding digit that was uh, angled in the wrong direction. So, we know something's definitely broken. And
0: it's her pinky.
2: And the nail is off. And it was... Anyway. Why are we talking about this? So, load uh it was funny cuz we looked at each other and went okay how are we going to do this like is this-? and we were just like we're doing this together like you know as opposed to it's not just one of us taking tia
0: I think normally when trauma happens or a crisis happens I'm okay in that moment except when it's my kids like I literally had brain fog I remember I'm looking sweet k is has opened up the first aid kit and I'm looking at the first aid kit and nothing in my brain is processing. Like it's a wall of everything I need and my brain can't process anything that I need.
2: Well, and it needs to be said Tia is screaming her head off, which with Uh, good reason. Also needs
0: to be said that the end of her finger is hanging off. Yeah,
2: Any adult would be screaming their head off. Yes. But, But she's like,
0: but we get in the car and we and can't And she screams
2: think. The, whole, the whole time. I I can't. I'm just like, I am just driving. Just tell me where to and go. You're right. I
0: look up on a map, and I've looked up on a map. And also, I know where the urgent care is.
2: I know, but I can't even think.
0: I can't think of how to no. get there. And I pull up you know, the map, and I don't know where the map is showing that I am to know where everything else is. <laughs> like it's. I was like, oh, this is a trauma response. <laughs> like I can't process most basic information. Neither one
2: of us. We're just like, and then, you know, now you're in a small vehicle with a child that's screaming, and we're saying you know, Tia, it's fine. You're allowed to scream. You're like, you know, but she's just like in agony. So we take her to the, the. well, I said, shouldn't we take her to the hospital? And you were like, no, COVID, blah, blah, blah. Let's take her to the walk-in clinic. We get to the walk-in clinic.
0: Well, the reason I'm saying that is Vanderbilt had just announced the day before that they have no, ICU beds at right. all. Right, right, right. ICU is that what it's called?
2: Yeah, but shit I mean you wouldn't be in ICU for yes, a finger, but, but yes, My brain's just...
0: confused ER with ICU because oh, okay. they're all like uh Oh is that what happened? Because I was like <laughs> That's literally okay. what happened. Like okay. my brain so And like, also okay. we had friends who went to the doctors and they couldn't get seen because of so many COVID patients. So I was like, I don't want to drive all the way there and then not be able to be seen. So we picked the biggest kind of urgent like care.
2: V- Vanderbilt walk-in yeah. clinic. So we and get there. We get there and you know Tia comes inside, and of course she's still screaming. And so everybody that's like waiting around is looking at this poor, beautiful, big. Brown everybody eyed. except the
0: person that's checking and the other guy, who I and I overheard him just say, "Yeah, I just need a doctor's note to get off work." And I'm like, "Could you go after the screaming child where right. the blood is falling out uh, of her hand? Just could could you move? Maybe you, could and you, you could move? Have,
2: you couldn't miss the blood. I mean, it was soaking through noise. everything. Oh no, it was just anyway." All of a sudden, these two nurses come out of the back, and they're like, can you just tell us what this is, and we'll tell you if we can even help you. And they're like, uh, is the skin broken? While they're looking at this, we, and we're like, oh, yeah, the end of the finger's kind of hanging off. They're like, take her right now to Vanderbilt Children's at Williamson County to the emergency.
0: They have a pediatric emergency, yeah. which somehow we missed, even though it's right around the car. Right. The I didn't above.
2: realize it was there. And so we drove there, and Tia got out of the car. She's still screaming this whole time, by the way. So we're at like got to be at it 50 minutes of screaming you know i mean that's the worst part mm-hmm. if you ask me so we get out of the thing and this lady comes right out you know in response to her screaming she's like do you need a wheelchair or anything no it's our hand great and they just like basically walked us past everything like we'll get all your information we'll get later. Your paperwork later. let's just get that poor sweet screaming in pain child and they put her in this room all of a sudden there's four women in there they're all super sweet and they ended up... I mean,
0: the first thing they did was numb the finger. They froze her finger, which
2: also hurt like the dickens. So now she's screaming even louder, but then it froze.
0: Yes, within a couple of minutes, yeah. she stopped screaming.
2: Yes, and then and then Daddy became like a glorified iPad stand holding the iPad so she could well, watch... Well, we were
0: Disney-plussing it the whole way yeah. from church. I'm like, let's watch Disney+. Plus, Which and
2: made the screaming slightly less in volume, but not much. So that was pretty horrific. We were there for about... That was pretty Two quick hours. for an
0: ER visit. It was. Yep. They
2: saw us very quickly, but we had to wait Jesus It was long enough thing. that they had to refreeze the finger before they mm-hmm. did stuff to it because of the freezing had already
0: They took X rays and the attending physician was wonderful. She was yes. just like, Okay, I'm gonna do X rays. Here's the thing I'm concerned about is, yes, it is clearly broken in one place. There's, I have a suspicion it's broken in another place and where it's broken is a growth plate and that's not a good place for it to be broken. So let me uh, send the x-rays to the person who's on call who just so happens to be a hand specialist. Yeah, orthopedic orthopedic hand specialist. So she's... Sent the X-rays and took also a photograph of the finger, which not to be gross, but the end of her finger was a kind of almost right angles, and then kind of hand. busted
2: like a grape. I mean, it was gross.
0: Oh, it was so gross, <laughs> so gross. And, and so if any I of you are, are still both, listening to this part, like we're both you're trying bold. to like
2: be calm and show her faces where we're and oh, I, I it's everything you. I can do to just not lose my mind. But I'm, I did
0: take photos because I thought later on I'm going to want to look at it okay i haven't yeah you
2: know what you don't have to send me those photos i've seen it enough in real life yeah uh so anyway that's fine they refreeze the finger they stitch it all up no they, they
0: clean it, out. They clean they it. that took out forever they then they couldn't out. get
2: the bleeding to stop so they had to use something rather to get it to stop and that didn't work and then they used something or other else to get it to stop then they put some sort of gel on it to stop it from bleeding then they stitch the whole thing up and uh, they couldn't get the nail to go back on the bed.
0: So they just threw so it out. So they just <laughs> threw it out. <laughs> the whole nail was just off. Just put, <laughs>
2: and put some sort of Vaseline covered something so that it wouldn't stick to something or other else. you
0: remember in a lot of details. Yeah.
2: And then they, like, ra- wrap it up, you know, with the finger next to it. And they're like, you know, here's some antibiotics. And, and we're going to go see the specialist on Wednesday. So great. So somehow I end up, oh, because Tia picked me. Uh, I end up doing the doctor's visit of trying to get this thing off of her finger.
0: Well, wait, hang on. You skipped a bit. So that's Sunday. That's Sunday. Monday and Tuesday she goes to school. It's yes, normal. It's great. Wednesday you go see a specialist.
2: Wednesday we go to see the specialist. We get in there and they're trying to get this bandage off. And I guess it had kept bleeding so much. And then there was also this gel stuff, which is supposed to make the blood coagulate. Anyway, it made it like a cement thing on her finger. And so it took them 45 minutes of soaking the thing and then snip, snip, pull a little bit. She'd go,
0: oh, oh, oh. Because it's all attached to raw skin. Yeah, there's there's
2: (laughs) nothing. It's all like, oh. And and I'm just trying to distract her with a baking show. Look, look over here at the baking (laughs) show. Don't look over there. Oh, dear God. Anyway, so the specialist comes in and basically he's like, well, you know what? you know, it looks, it looks pretty good. All right. Well, probably what we'll do is we're just going to splint it. And then he sits and he looks at me for a minute and then he goes, you know, I just want to x-ray to just check one more thing before we do that. And otherwise we, you know, we're just going to splint it and we'll make this special little finger cast and blah, blah. blah." And I was like, great. Sounds great. And uh, then he comes back after the x-ray and he's like, "Mm, you need surgery. So,
0: because, because the growth plate was it's, impacted, it's
2: broken through the growth plate, and so basically, there's like a piece of bone, then and they're both short pieces of bone before the growth plate, and then the knuckle comes right after that. And so, he's like, I'm gonna pin all of those things together the two pieces of bone, the growth plate, and the knuckle.
0: Ugh. But no, but this is my favorite part. Oh, and by favorite, I mean the grossest part.
2: And the pin's but gonna But be... no, not no, no. even that. What? But
0: confirm my suspicions because you know when you first look at it, and you think, "Oh my gosh, your finger was hanging off," and then you are like, "Was I just overreacting? Did no, it was. really hang up? Was... Well, that's what he said. He yeah. said, "Yeah, there was no bone keeping. The only thing that was keeping attached was the flap. Of, you know, one the, side the busted f- the flap out of like skin a grape, on the, one side. And the other <laughs> tip <laughs> <laughs> just fell off." He said, so "Okay, I had to put that so, back up, realign okay, the bone, I and I put the pin I don't straight." I was like, "I didn't imagine it. It really was just hanging off, flapping in the." Wins, yeah
2: and so anyway so he's just like i just want to put a pin in it and make sure that there's nothing between in the break between the go you know the plate we're like okay so then when he he's like i should do that tomorrow so today we take tia in for yeah, surgery this morning this, this morning, morning at 9 a.m and i mean they're amazing oh vanderbilt
0: bravo joint it was
2: and bone and joint bone.
0: institute
2: yeah i mean, amazing. And the the doctor we had was lovely. Like everybody was amazing. Um, basically, he comes out after he's done the surgery and was like, "Actually, I had to go a little bit further, and I had to do you had know, to peel back." The, and we're like, oh, "We're good. You, you know? do you." <laughs> a little less detail would be good, but he's like, "I think I've fixed it well enough that the nail should grow in properly." And but she's gonna have this pin with a. Ball on the end of it, blech, sticking out the end of her finger that is pinning her, the two short pieces, and the growth plate and the knuckle.
0: I can't wait to look at the stats to see how many people actually listen oh, to this chat. Can you tell? Because yeah, you can tell. I don't
2: think I would listen. No, I would no. have skipped by now. Anyway, so they right now she's upstairs watching TV. I have uh, fed her a stream of anything she wants to eat. And, uh, she's they froze her hand they said she won't feel anything for the whole day and then they have some pretty extensive painkillers for her for tomorrow and the next day so
0: the thing i was not looking forward to i don't have much experience with surgery i mean i've watched you have two i've watched mj have one now that there's tia the thing i don't like about is when they wake up yeah especially from a general because The one time with MJ, he didn't know where he was, didn't know no. who we were. He was like He climbing. climbed on me like
2: a spider monkey. Yeah, didn't it was he? really he was just, distressing. He was terrified.
0: And so I was just thinking, you know, like we were praying yeah. about that this morning. Yeah, and but Tia was fine. Like,
2: well, when I came in, she was shaking really violently,
0: like and shivering.
2: Yes, because that's what you do when you come. I mean, that's that's pretty normal. So they wrapped her up in all these you know, blankets, but she was still shivering. Well, I mean, within half an
0: hour, she was giving as much sass as she always She was sassing us pretty good, yeah. And she's just saying, can we go out for lunch? And I'm like, honey, like you haven't eaten anything. (laughs) You just had surgery. You've been under general anesthetic. Let's just let your stomach settle. Yeah. Maybe we'll go out. Yeah,
2: she's back to ruling the roost from our master bedroom.
0: So how are you doing? Because that's been quite the journey from Sunday to Thursday. Oh, you know, actually, it's been so rough. Well, you were going to be going away today.
2: I was supposed to be going on retreat, Mm -hmm. uh, but we had some people from our team uh, either come down with COVID or have to get testing because of living with people that just got COVID. So we had to cancel the retreat. I'm... Uh, yeah, postpone, yes I'm so thankful because I'm more thankful Well, I wouldn't have been able to leave I would have had to just say Y'all drive And I'll somehow catch up Because I, I, How would I, I have leave? issues
0: You wouldn't You would stay home And your team would, would well, run it Well, that's true Yes For yeah. the I, fact but that I mean, you were like I could just <laughs> do the surgery And catch up with you later Oh, no <laughs> I Like I meant
2: a day from now Or two oh, days from so, now I don't mean no. Yeah, I don't mean I'll drive fast And catch up no, That's not okay. what I meant yeah, so I was as much as I was so bummed on Monday and Tuesday when we're like, okay, we have to postpone this retreat. I'm so thankful because that would have been awful.
0: Yeah. So I've had my fill of uh, surgery waiting rooms. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like, I'm
2: I'm pretty we, done with hospitals actually for ER. this year. Yeah,
0: we, we're yeah. three for three on ER visits.
2: Dang. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna hit that sweet deductible limit any minute oh. now. We're <laughs> then we're in the clear. All, Please, all the elective surgeries I right. can between now and December. Uh, well, that's what I was
2: thinking. I was like, okay, <laughs> what kind of things do I actually need to get sorted? Um, yeah.
0: Oh, bless you, baby.
2: Dude, I just, you know, I'm I'm literally like, okay, we're gonna record the podcast. Uh, we're gonna have dinner, and then, then, I'm, and going then to I'm, collapse. I'm probably gonna just go somewhere and cry. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Don't I'm a doggy on an edge. But anyway, yeah. Don't blame you. Oh look. I'm starting to cry. You're allowed to cry. It's going to be fine.
0: Do you want to take a minute to cry?
2: No, it's fine. It was just a rough week.
0: Ah, uh, really was. Do you want some happy news?
2: Yeah, what's your happy news?
0: Well, do you actually remember that the kids have started back at school? <laughs> like somewhere Is in the Is that middle this of that? update? That was like last week they went back to school. They did their first yeah, full week of school. They've done their first full week. We, after five years of living in this house, finally got around to putting up some photos. We did. And some paintings. We did, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, And the kids were like, why is it taking you for five years? I'm like, I don't know, stuff like, you know, life, life gets in the way.
2: But we're so happy they're up, aren't we? I, and our chair finally arrived, the one we paid for in February.
0: We March, I think it was. Was we, it? Yeah, we bought... We I bought, thought it was
2: supposed to be delivered in March, and we bought it in February. I
0: don't know. It was sometime, a long time ago, and it far, far <laughs> away. We bought a sofa, a love seat, and a chair. Yeah. And because we're all back-ordered and, you know, COVID shipping and all that sort of stuff, they all arrived in stages. Well, so yes, we but got, this
2: is the third chair, right?
0: Well, yeah, they got we got the two sofas, and then we just, like said, Oh, we don't like two sofas. We only want one of them. Send back one of the sofas and send us the love seat. Yeah. And then the love seat was back ordered. Meanwhile, the chair arrived, but it was broken, so we sent that back. And then they sent us another chair a couple of months later. That was stained. That was stained, so we sent, so that, sent that back. That back. <laughs> and now in, what are we, August? Yes. Uh, we Finally, finally have, we the... have a, a hold together. Yeah. And then, you know, we put our paintings up. I thought that was fun, lighthearted. Yeah. Although yeah. at one point it wasn't fun and lighthearted. I want to burn down the house. It's
2: true. <laughs> you were like, I, I'm i not joking. The thing is, it, if it's a millimeter different in height from the one next to it, I'd be surprised. I mean, it's like, you're not going to look at it and notice it. Except Nobody I has, looked
0: at it and noticed it.
2: Uh, okay. I'm just saying... You, when you looked at it today, did you think, man, that millimeter is killing me? No, which means it's, no, I've it's, acclimated to it. No, that's not what it is, because you wouldn't acclimate to it. I know you. So anyway, it's it's like if there's a difference, which you can't tell because they're quite far apart, then it's like maybe a millimeter. And he was like, "That's it. Let's burn down the house. I can't take it. They're not." And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh." So I'm like, babe, well, you know what? Eventually the... we'll paint this room I'm and set we'll up just... for
0: failure. Because here's why, right? Uh. It's hang up three identical <laughs> photos in frames, except they're not identical because the frames are not identical. You know, they are. I measured them. Some are 17 and a half, some are 17 and three quarters, some are like 17 and a quarter and a half, you know, so they're not identical. So then I'm trying to do the math on the wall. So it's already set up (laughs) to trigger me because it requires math, which I have difficulty doing. Well,
2: I want to just say that they are the same. I bought all three from the same. Yes, I but, but the quality but control the, yes, is yes, such
0: yes. that the tolerances okay. between each of the three frames are not exact.
2: There's, there's a yes.
0: So okay. now I'm trying to do mental arithmetic. <laughs> like, what's the width of the wall? Split that in half. The center one goes in there. Then yeah, measure yeah. the distances. Yeah. And then I've learned from history that just because it's mathematically accurate doesn't mean it's necessarily pleasing to the eye, which you're not going to know till they're up there. Then you've got to make sure there's not studs behind the wall because I'm using these certain wall hooks. Then I'm putting them in and the way it is, you know, I, how are you going to measure from the top of the ceiling? Because, you know, what we've also learned is ceilings are not always level. Like, so already I'm like stressed. And then I'm having to use basic tools. Yeah. It's curious to me that in some aspects of my life, I have a huge bandwidth to manage stress. And in other areas of my life, like, I don't know, hanging up photographs, you know, well, anything I want to really ar- quit.
2: around the house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually it's better if I'm doing things with power tools. But uh, these are not even did- power tools. This is a hammer. Well, yes. Uh, any kind of tool.
0: Yeah. So anyway, they're up. But most importantly, the thing we need to celebrate about is I 100% had Skyward Sword HD this week.
2: Yes, we from should.
0: when MJ wiped out my file. I started again, and I successfully hundred percented it a couple of nights ago. Yeah, and the last uh, two, the world rejoices. The world does rejoice. So thank you. You can send cards, flowers, uh, <laughs> accolades, uh, wreaths. You know, be perfect. The, it
2: didn't take quite. It didn't take quite the same amount of time as doing um, Zelda Breath of the
0: Wild. No, like the things you have to do to hundred percent Skyward Sword are really limited. Like, you have to collect, for example, I think 24 heart pieces. Yes. 24 heart pieces and 27 cubes. Mm-hmm. In Breath of the Wild, you have to find 900 Korok seeds and 120 shrines. Like So, different it, magnitude. And
2: like 100-something quests as well. Yeah. yeah. So, no, so much smaller like, games. Yes, yes, but yes.
0: thoroughly enjoyed it. And now I've replayed it, this time in hero mode.
2: That's what you're doing right now. Yeah,
0: but I got the amiibo for it. The hard-to-find, price-gouged amiibo... I was going for $175, which I found not much over market price. But let's not discuss how much. Let's move on. Anything else on our weekly update to do? To say? Uh, no, we're done. Uh, okay. uh,
2: you crack me up. Mm-hmm. I got storage containers. Yep. Super excited about yeah. that. I love storage containers. I love organization. So I'm excited. I'm going to have some... Good time off, storage. You're going
0: to detox all of your stress and anxiety from this week in storage, aren't you? I, can just uh, tell I am.
2: I, I'm literally like, I, of your way tomorrow. I need a task or something to do to just get out all of the, the stress from this week. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to do it. Right, good storage containers. You. I look
0: forward to the, the fruit of your labor. Yes. All right. Our main topic for this week is all about favor. It is. And I was shocked to learn that despite the fact in the last couple of weeks, last, I don't know, 10 or so episodes, we've talked a little bit about favor fitting into the kindness of God or favor with relationships. We haven't really talked about favor as an episode and since episode 56.
2: Wow. So So I was like, Many years ago.
0: But the reason I've been thinking about it a lot recently is I've been reading Nehemiah. Or Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And (laughs) there's a lot in Nehemiah all about favor. And, you know, I've obviously read Nehemiah before, but it never stood out. And in the first couple of chapters, he's talking about accessing favor, using favor. And I was like, "That." I mean, there's some real keys in here that I thought would be fun to talk about. Yeah.
2: Incidentally, I've also been reading Nehemiah.
0: You've been listening to Lis- Nehemiah. Listening. Yes. yes. Yeah. Did you? Did the favor stuff stand out for you too?
2: Yes. A whole bunch of stuff has said to, to me that I haven't noticed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing about favor, and we talked a little bit about this in the concept of, you know, when we talked about the kindness of God a Mm. few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. is the misconception that when we talk about favor, somehow we're talking about living a life that's excused from any troubles or difficulties. Right. Like, oh, you have favor, you've hit the jackpot, everything's going to be Like, okay. that's
2: how you know you have favor, is that you don't have any, any great, problems You win ever. the lottery,
0: right. you get free Ferraris, right? you can eat as much chocolate as you want, you never put on weight, you know, everyone right. loves that you, is so that's good. favor. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Mm. Like, a biblical definition of favor, when you look at the Bible, and the characters in the Bible who are recorded as having favor on their life, their lives were not marked by an absence of Trauma or strife, difficulty. Or trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Classic example would be Joseph. Yes. So you you know, Joseph in his coat of many colors, we all know that story. Mm-hmm. Highly favored by his father. Yes. Beginning of his life, huge amounts of favor. End of his life. Second most powerful person in all of Egypt next to Pharaoh. Yes. Huge ruler. Huge. Ends with tremendous favor. Yes. Between the beginning of his life and the end of his life, the whole thing is about being kidnapped and abused and about being cheated on and sold into slavery and beaten up and thrown in prison. Except I would argue
2: even in the midst of those circumstances, Favour followed him because Favour followed him at Potiphar's house and and at the prison.
0: And that's so important to know that Mm. even, even the difficult seasons of his life, weren't marked by an absence of favor favor was in the midst of that right it's just important to understand right at the outset that favor isn't about us never experiencing tough times right favor i mean if if that's we're spent a lot of time talking about what favor isn't and i think that's important before we start our journey or other you know otherwise we're thinking about a different thing so that's what a favor isn't how would you describe what favor is How would you describe
2: what favor is? I feel like you have like a definition. Of course I have a definition. I've studied it for years. But I'm just thinking,
0: like, let's let's shoot the breeze for a second. Like, talk to me about what you think favor is. Because it's clearly I I mean you were tracking on something with Joseph.
2: I think it is uh consistent regardless of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um I think it is something that you don't earn, but I think something that you could lose, but you would lose it based on character, not based on circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. Because Joseph's circumstances sucked, and even in the suckiest of circumstances, it still records him as having favor.
2: Right, and not even complaining and still turning to the Lord, and you know, so, yes.
0: Yeah, because twice, I'm thinking about when he's thrown into prison, Yeah, and it talks about God gave... Uh, the prison warden, it gave Joseph favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Yeah. And the other and be- time when, when he was sold into slavery in Potiphar's be- before house. Before that, yeah. 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 And yeah. he found favor. So even though he's a slave, yeah. his slave master has, you know, finds And they're favor. finding
2: favor because they're impressed with him. So when you think about Joseph, like, so the first one is he's, of course, sold into slavery, but he must have been impressive even though he's in these horrible circumstances it's totally unfair mm-hmm. he shouldn't be a slave he's a beloved son you know he's he's not in he's innocent his, he's innocent he's not in his own country anymore like he, he had every right to pitch a fit and you know it
0: was very southern of you pitch a fit
2: pitch a fit but he he ends up in Potiphar's favor. That's got to be because of how he's walking out this mm-hmm. ridiculously hard circumstance. And so again, he gets raised up inside of Potiphar's household. Then right back into the cycle, he's falsely accused and it all looks bad again. And he's sent back to prison. In, he's sent to prison. And then he ends up in favor in prison again and helping to run the prison. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just think that tells you a lot about how he was walking out circumstances, Regardless of whether it looked like he had any favor anymore. You yeah. Know?
0: It also tells you that your favor is transferable from season to season. Yeah. Because the favor stayed with him. Right. I think one of the difficult one of the difficulties when you start talking about favor, that misconception that means favor is everything's going to be great and fairy trees and Christmas presents and just awesomeness. Fairy trees? I don't know what a fairy tree okay. is, but it sounds like something you would think like accompany trees. with favor. That's one Unicorns. thing. Unicorns. Well, the other yeah. thing, as soon as you start talking about favor or you start talking about favor on your life or testimonies or stories, which, yeah. by the way, the Bible encourages you to do. We'll get that in a second. Usually what I've noticed in the hearers as you're telling those stories is it brings up this internal divide between those who have favor, those who don't have favor, and I think that's like a tragedy, because we as believers in the New Testament have favor because of our position in Christ. Right. Right. Everybody has favor. So under a new covenant, there isn't a notion that some people have favor and some people don't have favor. Right. And I think. That right there is one of the most important starting points for us to access the favor that's on our life.
2: I wonder though if it, I like that you said access. I wonder if it's just like healing and many other things. It's about whether you're actually appropriating that you have favor or not.
0: You mean the provisions there, but whether you're right. walking in it,
2: right? If you're like if if because I like I'm just thinking we can choose to walk as I'm a victim. Nobody ever sees me. I'm a shadow. And no, that person isn't walking in favor, even though it's, they're saved and it's available mm-hmm. to them. They're choosing to identify with, you know, with being a victim or whatever the thing is, rather than choosing to appropriate, I actually have yeah. favor, I have access to favor.
0: I'm going to back off the choosing. I fully agree with everything that you're saying. Okay. But I think about my own life, I didn't know there was another choice available. Right. So, you know, I've talked about before, you know, like the, you know, Isaiah yes. 61, Graham yeah, Cook's yeah. word, blah, 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 blah. I would have just pushed back saying, well, I'm not choosing anything. I just didn't even know it was available. To Can we me.
2: say unwittingly choosing? Yeah. Like un- unaware that it's un- even an yeah, option yeah, yeah. to live in. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, my people perish for lack of vision. Like right. just not understanding what's been purchased for you in, in Christ. Is sure. Huge. So, favor doesn't mean you're excused from difficulties. Right. There's no concept under a new covenant of people who have or don't have favor. And yeah, as you rightly point out, it does seem like some people are more favored than other people. Yes. Which we know isn't true, but we can see the fruit of. And so why is that? I think it's because Scripture clearly teaches us that we can grow in favor. Mm -hmm. So you think about Samuel, you think about Jesus. Both of those men are recorded of in Scripture that they grew in stature and in wisdom and And in in favor favor with both God and man. So that's crazy. How could Jesus grow in more favor with God? I don't know. I don't know, but, but scripture you, says he did. You can, and it's yeah. probably like anything else. You grow in wisdom. You grow in maturity. You grow in your skills. Like, I'm a better teacher today than I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, like, I remember the classic example. I remember wanting to learn to swim. Don't laugh. And, of course, as a British person, I was severely, you know. Handicapped? Handicapped, just because of my <laughs> pedigree, <laughs> and my heritage. But I remember going to uh, the university as at had a swimming pool, and yeah. I remember going each lunchtime. I thought, I'm, I'm just going to swim every day. I couldn't swim a length. No, that comes as a huge shock to you. Yeah, I'm surprised. So I would time it that when all the swimmers were swimming lengths and they were down at the deep end, I would swim a breadth across the shallow end, right? I would just go back and back again, out of their way. And thinking, this is embarrassing. This is horrible. I don't understand how me doing the same thing that clearly I'm not doing very well is going to get me better – but within a couple of months, I could stop swimming across the pool, and I could start swimming length. My point is, I grew in my skill by doing something. You are horrible to me, <laughs> and that right there was a judgment of God, even though I don't believe in that. <laughs> what What is about that example is particularly amusing to your your laugh that produced that the snort. Me
2: to To go across. Widthwise instead of lengthwise, never.
0: Well, I would never make it on a length.
2: But so they didn't have ropes up between the lanes or anything. Well, I guess it's Scotland.
0: So <laughs> all my Scottish viewers, you'll forgive my my wife I just and her, her judgment. No,
2: but seriously, did they not have ropes?
0: Uh, no. They, everybody was in lanes, swimming backwards or forwards. Yeah. I would just time it and swim across. Yep, and then pause. <gasps> Catch my breath and swim back again. Oh my! My gosh. point was: okay, we could all swim in the pool. Some were <laughs> better than others, and I grew in yes. my swimming ability. Yes, that's like- a really bad example. <laughs> my point is, we all have favor. Uh-huh. Some of us are learning to paddle in the shallow end of our favor. Mm-hmm. Other people have learned how to cooperate with favor. But it, you, you talked about it as stewardship. I talk about it as growing in favor. Mm-hmm. It's good. Can I read you a verse from Nehemiah? You may. All right. Let me let me pull up my Bible. Hold on. So Nehemiah. Nehemiah 1. Says this. Um, bah, 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 bah. Well, hang on, before I get to that, we've talked about what favor isn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me talk about what favor is. Okay. You you had a good example. The way I, I thought about it was favor is all about divine outcome irrespective of, of circumstances. It's the hand of God moving on your behalf to accomplish God's purposes. It's like this divine acceleration that comes on your life against all odds. It makes the impossible possible. It reduces friction. I like to say that favor is a gift that God gives to others on your behalf. We'll we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more as we look at these. But I think probably the easiest way to describe it is what the world calls luck is actually often the favor of God on your life. All right. There you go. Uh, we're, so we're talking, about, we're talking about growing in God, growing in favor, I beg your pardon. So here's Nehemiah 1.1. Right at the start of Nehemiah, Nehemiah gets this report about what's happening in the city of Jerusalem. He's in a foreign land. He's serving a, a, a pagan king. and uh, it's, And he's so heartbroken that he's moved to actually go help the plight of his people. And so it says this, uh, Nehemiah 11. Please grant me. This is the prayer that he prays to the Lord. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Mm. Like if that's not a bare bones definition of favorite work and him, you know, I think today would be like, oh my gosh, is God is he just asking God to manipulate the king, right, to give him you know right. favorable outcomes. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's just asking the Lord, Lord, you put this burden on my heart, would you grant me favor? Yeah. But he breaks down what the favor would look like. It would be success. It would be that the king would be favorable to me, that he would be kind to me. And I think what's beautiful about this is Nehemiah is literally taking his favor out for a spin. Yes. He's like saying, okay, well, I'm in this covenant relationship with God, I'm going to I'm going to see what's waiting for me on the side. So in this story, Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king, and he's kind of going out on a limb here. He's heard about like Jerusalem, like I said. and But what he goes to ask for is kind of extravagant because he's so grieved, yeah. he's grieved, he's saddened. And it's not like he's just going to the king going, can I have unpaid leave from work? I just got some bad news from home. Yeah. Look at what he asks for. He goes to yeah, his boss, awesome. yeah. who's not a Jew, and just basically says, "Hey, can you let me take some time off work?" Like, that's you know the, the the big thing. But also, could you write me some letters so that I can trade on your name so that I can have safe conduct?" Uh, oh, and also, can I take some of the timber from your royal park to help with my building project? And also, could I have some of your army officers? And, uh, you know, could they could they accompany me like these huge, excessive requests? And amazingly, like the king says, yes. Now, put it in today's perspective. Imagine you work for a boss who is not sympathetic to you being a Christian and you want to go do some long term missions work. And you don't only say, hey, could I take six months, a year off work? But could you also pay me for that? And also, could you fund my trip? And also, could I I use the corporate um, credit card to fund all the expenses while I'm there? That's essentially what he's saying. It's it's outrageous. But look at his prayer. Going back to his prayer. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. And that's where I get that line from. Like, favor is a gift from God that he gives to others for our behalf. Yes. He's saying, God, would you... Make the king favorably disposed toward me so that I can accomplish what you've put in my heart. Yes. It's just this, like, favor is not to better our life. That's a side effect of it. It's to further the work of the kingdom with grace, with ease, and so that everybody in our community is blessed.
2: Yeah. But I have a thought for you. Don't you also think, though, that it was really easy for God to answer that request because the thing that was on Nehemiah's heart was on God's
0: heart? Yes. I do.
2: You know, Nehemiah wants to rebuild the wall, mm-hmm. right? So he wants the restoration of Jerusalem, and that's God's heart as well.
0: I remember you say that. I remember once listening to an interview with Bono from U2. Mm. And you remember he was doing the ju- drop the debt 2000, you know, the year of jubilee? Okay. And so somebody once asked him, like, how is it that you have the gall to go to government leaders, nation, you know, leaders of nations, and ask them to cancel The debt like is it not uncomfortable for you as this kind of scruffy rock star to go in and and basically petition kings and leaders and say hey would you cancel the debt and he said yeah you would think it would be he said but i've got a secret weapon he said i've got god on my shoulder and he said and his heart is for the poor yeah you know he was like i'm just going to go make an earthly request for what is a divine heartbeat right And i was like oh i love it beautiful yeah so Favor is a gift that God gives to others for your benefit. How do you grow in your favor? You start asking for it. Mm -hmm. Like Nehemiah didn't just assume he had it. He asked for it. Mm -hmm. And the way you grow in it is your requests get bigger, which sounds easy. No, because your faith gets bigger. Your obedience gets bigger as you step out to walk in your favor. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? No, I think that's great. Okay, I've got another prayer for you. This has long been one of my favorite psalms. Okay. It's called the prayer of Moses, but it's found in the psalms. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Psalm 90, verse 17 says this, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. I pray that prayer all of the time. It's probably been the most consistent prayer that I have prayed in my entire life. Establish the work of my hands for me. Mm. And grant me favor. Like I, I pray that all the time. Yeah. Lord, basically, would your favor rest upon my work? I almost thought it was cheating when I'd read about Daniel and the Lord gave to Daniel understanding wisdom of all kinds of literature. I remember studying for my finals in university, going, Lord, I would love some of that that Daniel anointing. But it's something I've asked. Like I've always asked for favor to be on my work. And I think part of the reason I love to work so much and I love to work hard is because there's a grace there's an anointing there's an ease there's a passion and i love it i yeah. love work except yes. hanging up picture frames but i do i love my job and in the jobs that i've had i have found favor as i have i have worked yeah thoughts about that darling cuz you've had favor on on your work as well
2: yeah i was thinking about that i was like i I can only think of one job that I have had since I started working and I started working at 13 that I haven't had favor and promotions. Like
0: tell I, me some stories.
2: Um well I was it was funny I was thinking about it today when you were saying we're going to you know speak on favor and uh I remember working for a clothing store when I was 16. I'm still, you know, obviously still in high school and whatnot. And uh, they made me the assistant manager. You know, I'm I am a part-time staff member who's in high school, and they made me the assistant manager of the store.
0: That's outrageous.
2: Just because I like to work hard when I was there, and, uh, you know, I— I like to do things like scheduling and organizing things, and you know what. But
0: tell the story about how you got hired at National Car Rental, and then how many promotions you had in a certain time period. Yeah, that's that's another story.
2: Yeah, I had just started working at this restaurant called Graffiti's. You were a server. I was a server, and uh, I had only been working there a couple of days, and I had one of those shifts where sort of everything was going wrong. Uh, In terms of, like, I had sent in an order, and uh, so there was, you know, there's these two guys, business guys, sitting in the corner table, and they seemed like nice guys. Everything was fine with their table. Uh, The table next to them, they had a food allergy I knew I'd put in the order right, And I'm watching a different server put the food down in front of them. And I'm like, there is mushrooms on that. And so I sort of swept in and grabbed it and went, I don't think this one's yours, you know, and just sort of went back and like got that fixed. And then there was something that happened. I can't even remember with the table on the other side of them. And I realized, you know, I could tell they were kind of paying attention, but I thought they might be from corporate because we'd been told, hey, corporate's around all this week. And in fact, I had this other table with the owner at it at the exact same time. And so I was just sort of like, okay, it's my first week and honestly I was thinking if this doesn't go well and I get fired today, my other job asked me not to leave and said they'd always have a position open for me. Okay. So You're I'll just go way. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, you know what? It is what it is. I you know, there's things I can control and things that I can't. Anyway, uh sort of the whole thing ends and these guys are still sitting there. They're just waiting. And uh, so I went over and just said, hey, guys, do you need anything else? And um, the younger of them, t- the two just said to me, hey, yeah, I wanted to offer you a job. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I have a job. You know, like. I have two.
0: <laughs> here I am
2: working my job. And he's like, no, I, th- I think you'd like this job. And, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, you know. And I'm just trying to be kind yeah, uh, and polite and everything. But I'm sort of like. You know, and I was oh well, where do you work? And he said, oh, I work for National Car Rental. And I was like, okay. And this guy's like thirty something, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh great. Well, you know, I, I think I'm good. Like I just started this job and everything. He's like, well, I'll just leave my card, and you know, you can give me a call if if you want to talk about it. I was like, okay. So you know, he gets up and leaves. I'm like, see you later. I go over pick up his card afterwards. He's the president of National Car Rental, and I was like, huh that's interesting but I didn't even pursue it like I was like I just started this new job you
0: you're thinking he wants you to be a sales clerk at a rental yeah at the airport or something yeah
2: All I right. was like not you know no uh I and I liked serving tables and I liked you know just uh I knew how to do that so about a week later he shows up again um and he literally just asked for my section sat down he's like I'm here to ask you to work for me again you know and I was like Uh, you know and so I'm trying to be like I was like oh great did you want anything for lunch you know and like serving whatever and then when he left he's like would you would you just come and meet with me once like to see what I'm what I'll offer and I was like yeah sure I will absolutely so ended up going in for this interview with him and uh, the vice president of operations and they offered me a job that included having a a brand new four by four and uh, free gas and free insurance and you know all like all the bells and whistles making great money you know and in middle management so not not counter whatever but like in city management level and I was like, oh okay but sort of like based on what right like based on what are you offering this to me. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I just love the way you handled it when everything went wrong. And he's like, and I think I can use that. And uh, I remember telling them at the interview, I'm going to be in full-time ministry in five years. So if you still want to offer me the job, I'll, I'll do that for five yeah. years. I'll give you 110%. But I just wanted to let you know in case you didn't want to make the investment. He said, well, we'll take it.
0: But then, but that I mean, that was an ex- uh, exceptional way of getting hired. From nothing, yes. you didn't apply for anything, yeah. and you're in the door. But yeah. then how many times were you promoted in the five eight. years you were there? I got
2: promoted eight times. Eight times? Yeah. And, I mean, I got to do some stuff like that they'd never asked anybody to do before or since, you know. So, like, at one point, for a year and a half, they essentially paid me to pastor uh, all of the store managers for all of Toronto and for the airport. So it's there's like thirty you're talking about probably thirty managers total. Hmm. And my job was to go around and meet them and have lunch or have coffee with them and and help them like sort out, hey, what are you dreaming about and is Gosh. this a good fit for you? And 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 even teach them how to work as a team together and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like what You wanna is going on? Gonna pay me to do what? You know, yeah. So I I loved it. I mean it was It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when I look consistently, like other than one uh, restaurant that I worked for, for like a short period of time, uh, where I had witnessed to the owner's daughters and they were of a different faith. And so I got fired for doing that. Um, Other than that job, I have been promoted at every job I've ever had.
0: That's favor right there. That's favor. I I think it's, I mean, I love hearing that story, and I've noticed that in the time that I've been married to you, that favor transfer over. One of the things that people have consistently asked us over the years working at Grace Center is, "How do you get so much stuff done?" And I would say the answer is that prayer. Establish the work of our hands for us. Mm-hmm. That yes, we show up, and of course we work. But I feel well, like I there is a we grace. Work hard. But, we do work hard. But it's but, so fun. I yes, but I also think other people work hard too. Like it's not for lack of work, but I think there's a grace, there's an ease, there's an anointing that I think favour reduces friction, and you, you can I mean I would I would put a lot of the fruit of our labor, the you know, the fruit coming from that, not just our labor, but an answer to that prayer. Lord establish the work of our hands for us.
2: Which so that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever prayed that. I don't think I've ever prayed for favor. Well,
0: it's because I pray for you, darling. i oh, thank I'm you. Like, We're do, one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, just you know, like, I've
2: ridden in on yep, that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm more pray you've about like- You've never prayed that prayer? No, I pray stuff like, make me kind and give me a clean heart and help me to treat people well. <laughs> like Where's that in so the Bible? So I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> wow. You've never prayed that and you still have favor. I, think about what your favor is going to be remember, like when you start praying that. Right?
2: Maybe I should start and see what happens.
0: Let's continue Nehemiah. Okay. Nehemiah chapter two. Yeah. Chapter one ends with Nehemiah making his request before the king. Yes. Look what it says. It says this. uh, Nehemiah two, verse eight. The king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Yeah. like Nehemiah knew where the answer came from. Mm -hmm. It was the hand of the Lord. It wasn't the hand of the Lord on the king. It was the hand of the Lord on Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. The favor on Nehemiah's life caused the king to respond favorably. Keeps going. He says, "Uh, no, that's it. The king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. I think it's amazing. The king didn't reply because he was godly or because he was righteous. It says it was because the hand of God Mm -hmm. was on Nehemiah. I love that. When we cultivate a rich relationship with the father, favor begins to follow. And it and it, and, it affects all aspects of our life. Proverbs 3, verse 1 says this, one of my favorite Proverbs, I love this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your hearts, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. It's important to remember, favor is not a reward, it's simply a byproduct of living righteously. So if you listen to this, understand that you already have favor, Mm -hmm. learn to grow in favor by asking for it, like Mm -hmm. ask God for favor, Mm -hmm. and then also live righteously.
2: Yeah, I I think character is what can disqualify you, or lack of character is what can disqualify you from accessing favor. Mm -hmm. I mean, although I I, I don't think it, which is, you know, I don't want to... I don't think it necessarily always does, though, because no. I certainly can think of people who are are not righteous but are still walking in some level Absolutely. of favor. Uh, but, but I, but eventually, think it's a downfall, how, right? For how I want to live, mm-hmm. I am going to pay attention to the character stuff too. I am not, I am not just saying, "Oh, Father, give me favor," but not actually living righteously.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think where we get into trouble. Where I've got into trouble historically is there's a thin line between expecting favor, mm. which I think is right right to do mm. and entitlement, yes, right, where you think things should be given to you for whatever reason,
2: yeah, well, I have favor, so I'll get that, yeah, and yeah.
0: I should get this, you yes. know, or basically, God, you owe me this, that's yes. where we get into trouble, yeah, um, but I just think of time and time again in our married life. Where we have taken our favor out for a spin, where we've yeah. asked, and the Lord has
2: provided, for graciously sure. provided.
0: Yeah. And on reflection, I'm like, oh, if I hadn't, if I hadn't stepped out, that favor wouldn't have been given to me. Yes, like there's there's a great possibility if that if Nehemiah didn't go and approach the king, none of that would have happened. For sure. No, you don't know that, but right. the inference in the story is because he went out and stepped out. And so, I want to encourage you, if you're listening this week, start deliberately asking the Lord for favor. Yeah. You know, go read the verses that I've mentioned there, pray over them, and see what the Lord does in that. That sounds good. You look like you're ready for a listener's question.
2: I am ready for a listener's question.
0: How about a listener's question about the Enneagram?
2: Oh, yes. How about that?
0: Okay, this is an anonymous question. Okay. It says this. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, what are your thoughts on the Enneagram? I've done some research that indicates that it's based in very bad things, But I know there are a lot of Christians deep diving into it, and it's alarming to me. Clearly, I've made up my mind as to what to think, but I would love to hear your thoughts. AJ Jones, what are your thoughts?
2: My thoughts, Anonymous, is that it's alarming to me as well. When I first started hearing about the Enneagram, just hearing about it from different friends, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, every time I would hear about it, I would just get this huge sort of check in my spirit, like just like a, ugh this isn't good how how does
0: that feel um how how do you know that check is there
2: i i feel usually two things i feel like a like a stop like a you know don't just don't go there Mm -hmm. um and i also feel kind of slimy at the same time like i'm like oh so to me i'm like oh those two things uh, for me were like, oh, there's something that's that's not good about this. I didn't know what it was. I didn't really bother with it that much until uh, everyone,
0: everybody and their, and, their and their
2: mother was into it. And actually some people on the school were asking like, what do you think of the Enneagram? And I thought, oh, I should do some research as to why I feel this way. Because yeah. cause honestly, for me at this moment, it's enough. If I feel like the Holy Spirit is like, have nothing to do with that, I'm fine to have nothing to do with that, and I don't need to, to research it further. And that's
0: consistent with the way you've lived your life.
2: Yes. And uh, often afterwards, I'll find out, I'm so glad I had nothing to do with that.
0: Like that time that I wanted to go see a movie, and I asked if you'd come and see the movie, and I'm leaving the <laughs> movie name anonymous. A reason and you were like no and i was like why you're like oh, i just feel a check in my spirit not to go see it and i was like oh, i really want to see it and you're like well no nope, you're a grown-up you can just do what you want and i went to it and then i came home and said can you do deliverance on me i think Look, i totally got pray? defiled yeah i was freaked out by that movie yeah. And you had to do deliverance on me.
2: Yeah. so i have learned to pay attention to to yeah. that thing when i did some research afterwards it does have uh some some basis and some foundation in a cult Uh, And an occult teacher who came up with it and and all that kind of stuff and to me I'm like if the foundation has anything to do with occult stuff or somebody who operated in the cult came up with it to me if the foundation's rotten the thing's rotten and so uh, I would stay away from it
0: as for me I know even less about the Enneagram I just trust my wife's discernment I have never had an interest or hasn't piqued my interest I hear a lot of people talking about it mm-hmm. um I uh, yeah so I am vaguely aware of what it is you know but yeah. I have nothing more than yeah going on I
2: did end up uh reading an interesting article that actually uh Will and Chris sent to me when I was doing a whole bunch of research which maybe we can post Absolutely. a link to um, In the show notes. In the show notes, uh, but also like so, reading that you could go well, maybe this is just one guy's opinion, but Wikipedia mentions all these same people being the ones that came case, up with case it. Case settle, um, and, uh, not just Wikipedia, I'm, but there's I'm like a dangerous. so I sort of like even back checked that. Um, I I would stay away from it. Okay,
0: so anonymous, what do we think? That's what stay we stay away. Think. Speaking of show notes, if you like the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj com slash. Two forty nine. If you want to ask us any other questions, go to AJ.com slash ask. And if you would like to be bumped to the front of the queue on questions when we do question-answer time, you can join our membership program from as little as $1 an episode. When you do that, when you become a member, not only do you support the show, but you also get a host of amazing benefits, like being bumped to the front of the Q&A, like having access to our our, our, our closed-access system where you can reach out to us, but also you get video versions of the podcasts. And I've been watching. Obviously, I watch every week because I'm reviewing our content before we upload it. And I've got to say, the last couple of episodes, I am really, really passionate for people who are only listening to the episodes to be able to watch the the podcast. If you know anything about AJ and I, you know that AJ especially is a very visual communicator, <laughs> and also you know the shirt I'm wearing today it, deserves I mean, to be seen. They
2: should see that shirt, especially because these uh, are they parrots or parakeets or.
0: I find cockatoos. it interesting you're asking me like They're I would the answer. they probably
2: cockatoos with orange. Anyway, it kind of has the same hairstyle as your actual hair.
0: I desperately need a haircut. Yeah. To become a member, go to alanandaj.com slash join. And we'll be back, same time, same place, next week. Faith, life,
1: communication, tacos and video games. Paleo Donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences